Chicago, what do you say? It's the CHGO Cubs podcast live from Nashville in the winter meetings here in Tennessee, beautiful Tennessee, wrapping up our last day, our third straight day of live shows from baseball's winter meetings where it has been relatively quiet until about uh, 10 seconds ago. Luke Stuckmeyer, Cody Del Mendo, Ryan Herrera, and hopefully joining us as planned, John Morosi from MLB Network, the big mover, the big shaker, the big newsmaker, uh, is going to join us. But he is, kind as we speak, <laughs> breaking big news. Unfortunately, not good news for us, but it is big news for the baseball world. It Literally, is, uh, as we started the show. Th- but yeah, right before we started the show, Morosi, uh, Juan Soto, John Morosi on Twitter, on X, I guess you want to call it. Uh, Juan Soto trade agreement is being finalized now. Source confirms. Um, the deal sends Soto and Trent Grisham to New York for Michael King, Drew Thorpe, Yanni Brito, Johnny Brito, Johnny Brito, uh, Randy Vasquez, and Kyle Higashioka. So, uh, it's pronounce uh, Higashioka better than yeah. I could. Uh, and so a pretty sizable return for Juan Soto for one for year. One Juan year. Soto. For one year. Um, also, you know, getting Trent Grisham the, the contract off mm-hmm. their payroll. So, um, yeah, I, hopefully he's here to talk about that a little bit, right? But yeah. uh, breaking big news, he'll, Tom Rossi. He'll be back as soon as he can possibly do it. Like, there is no better man in all of baseball than John Paul Morosi. He's the salt of the earth, and if he can make it, he will make it. We have faith in that. Until then, we have plenty to talk about. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the CHGO Sports YouTube page so you don't miss anything on our live shows. Thanks to everybody that's already joined in the live chat. See a lot of you there. Hit the like button and the old thumbs up on the way in. Uh, We have exciting news about our Die Hard program coming up in the show. Oh, that's a tease. And we've been sitting here for three days saying, Otani, Soto, Bellinger. Three big names, right? Four, Yamamoto. Let's throw in four big names that we've at least hinted that the Cubs might be involved in. Well, Soto is off the books. He's off the table. And Otani might be off the table. We'll ask John Palmarosi uh, when he gets here. But so do you have to have one of those big names? I've been debating this, and I, I guess I've gone back and forth, guys. Like, do the Cubs have to get one of those big four-name guys to consider the offseason even a remote success? They add, they added the manager, but for me, adding a manager is yeah. is, is not enough to make your offseason a success. I go I go back and forth on that because the way we've looked at like, okay, obviously the way if you want to have championship expectations next year, then yes, yes. you you need superstar player. You need to add talent, very good talent to this lineup, to the starting rotation, to the bullpen, whatever it is. You need to add impact talent if you want to have championship uh, aspirations next year. I will say that Jed Hoyer has discussed that, like, you know, it, 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 he's discussed the fact that it's not going to be a one-year chips in and they're, they're going to go all in this year to try to win the World Series. And he, he has been straight up and said that um, it's not a one-year fix. It's not going to come to fruition in one year. Like, if they can win the World Series next year, great. Um, but I, it, it doesn't feel like he his intent is to go – all in and 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 win the off season, so to speak. Um, I know that's not what people want to hear, especially people like you always say it's not your money. You'd rather them just sign everyone, that's right? Right yes. now, um, it's not what people hear. But to Jed Hoyer, that's just not a realistic thing. And 
Um, again, like it's it's if he says it's not going to be a one year fix, um, I think, you know, you don't have to be happy about that. But uh, that that is what he has said about this offseason. Does he would he like to get, um, you know, some of these superstar players? Of course he would. Who wouldn't want to have Juan Soto, right? Who wouldn't want to have Shohei Otani, whoever it is? Uh, of course he does want to have those players, but um, I don't think he looks at it as if they don't get them. It's a bust and the team is doomed. I don't think he looks at it that way. There are other ways to improve the team um, while maintaining long-term financial flexibility for next offseason and beyond, right? Like there are still ways to do it and not, you know, uh, waste waste an opportunity and also uh, just destroy your future financially. I, there's ways to do it, um, and that's up to Jed and Carter and the rest of the front office to, to, to figure out how to do it. Um, but, yeah, I, from hearing those words, um, Jed doesn't, himself see losing out on some of the biggest names on the market trade or free agency as dooming the offseason i don't necessarily disagree like i part of me listen the the fan of me the the you know the the true part of me wants the cubs to be world series contenders next year right you had a team that won 83 games blew out expectations you had all these extremes happen and the only reason you make the playoffs is because you fell apart the last month of the year of the year. So you kind of go into an offseason. You're like, well, you hope the front office and the organization wants to or or is upset about that. Tom Ricketts himself literally said that he was upset about that. And so that signals and, and then signing or hiring Craig Council, like it feels like that's a signal that they're going to act like act big, make the big move. They've been in every rumor for every big player. And today has been, like I tweeted this earlier, like it's, <laughs> we're at the part of the roller coaster where I just feel very like sick. Like this is, this is the part where I'm like, oh boy, can, can this, can this ride end already? Because Soto's now off the table. Looks like Otani is all but like a dream well it was already a dream but it even like like a whatever the next fantasy fantasy yeah it feels mm. like that's a fantasy bellinger's asking for 300 million dollars yamamoto's trying asking for 300 million dollars like the asking price for yeah. some of these guys have considerably changed just over the last 24 mm. hours compared to what we were hearing about bef like in this last month since the offseason started and I can't blame Jed for those things happening, but I would like the the team to at least they have to be bet they have to go into next year with a team that's better than last season. Yes. And I feel like if you don't have if you don't get any of those players that we've mentioned, if you don't get one of them at least, you're going into next year with a team that doesn't give you that vibe. They uh, uh, maybe they get creative maybe maybe my opinion on that changes but as we sit here right now on uh december what fifth or six 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 yeah, whatever yeah. got paid yesterday <laughs> i shouldn't have known that um <laughs> like i i it feels like in like a, like my emotion emotional part of me as a fan right now feels like everything is falling apart and i have to keep telling myself that the offseason is still early and there's still a lot of things that can happen. We didn't think they were going to even get a shortstop last year at certain points, and then they end up getting one, right? Who proved to be the most valuable for right. the year, right? Right. So great, great value. So it's it's just been a very very emotional ride over the last you know 48 
hours, especially as far as how the rumor mill has gone. But yeah, I would, I can say, I think we all sit here and say that if they don't get one of these guys that we've been talking about over the last month uh, at the top of the free agent pole or, or totem pole or the trade market, that it would be a colossal failure going into 2024. Well, if you went into it, just us arriving here in Nashville with expectations of this being a huge winter meetings for the Cubs, if you look at it and say, we're going to leave Nashville, and potentially the biggest thing the Cubs did was pick up a player in the Rule 5 draft. Of or course de- it's disappointing. Or, or deny a report. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, of course it's disappointing, but... Ryan pointed out there are a lot of other teams that are feeling the same way. And there are still, even if Soto's gone, even if Otani is gone, realistically, there are still a lot of big fish out there that you can land and improve this team yeah. greatly. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and Cody, you made the point that, you know, some of the asking prices we've just seen go up, you know, again, the, like you said, Yamamoto or Bellinger, whoever it is, we're seeing like numbers and we're like, what? Like, yeah. like, who's giving Cody Bellinger three hundred million dollars this offseason, right? I well, mean, nobody yet. Like, well, like yeah. it's like, and it's like you go to the negotiating table with a crazy offer to make the more to make smaller offers look a lot more realistic than they otherwise would. So that's, I mean, that's obviously a negotiating tactic. But it's like the this this haul that the Padres got in this trade. I'm not gonna act. Or I'm not gonna lie and say that I know everything about the players they'd be getting. They'd be getting back, but. I've seen it on Twitter. I've seen just kind of comparisons to what it would have taken the Cubs like to have to kind of match that same offer. And one of the names that's been thrown out there is Cade Horton. And considering how just how how much he's gotten better and better in just one season of professional ball and hearing scouts and analysts and hearing all these people talk about how like how much potential he has as a future, maybe not specifically ace level but even like a number two to number one type level, like hearing all of the stuff we've, they've talked to Kate Horton about if he has to be involved in a deal for Juan Soto, I don't think I'm making that trade for Juan Soto for one year of Juan Soto because that he, he is, he's the Cubs best pitching prospect. He's one of the best pitching prospects in baseball. He may become the best pitching prospect in baseball uh, at some point this year, right? Like right. He, he's, he has blown up as a prospect that quickly and that highly. So I, I am not sitting here today. If if the, the, the haul they got and, and the comparisons are true, if Cade Horton would have had to be included in that Cubs deal, I'm not making that deal myself. I don't think I'm making that deal because Cade Horton, as a as as, as a part of the Cubs' future, just feels too valuable to give up for one year of Juan Soto. So then, so what I'm saying is, you, does it is it going to be painful for fans to see the Cubs not get some of these players? I, I absolutely. I would I would not expect it to, to be anything else. But if you look. If, if when, you know, numbers come out, trade packages, whatever, when they come out and I look at it and I'm like, Jed made a pretty smart move to not make that deal. Then, I'm, I, you know, I, I, in my mind, it's like, then it's okay that they don't get these guys because what's, you, you, what's, I mean, again, you guys would just like them to get all these players, right? Like, it's, it's not your money. It's not my money. It's whoever. Um, but when you're looking at it in a realistic sense, if you're looking at it from a front office sense, if they have to way overpay to get some of these guys, that's just not something that this front office yeah. does. And, 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 and you know, the, the Cubs, and I'm already seeing in the chat, like, the Cubs are a big market team that have the revenue. I, I get it. I get that that notion from the fan base <laughs> that they do have pretty much unlimited resources. I completely get it. But in a realistic sense, looking at it from the front office perspective, way overpaying for some of these guys is just not something that they're going to do to try to, to, try to fix 
the ball club, right? Like there, there are going to be plenty of opportunities with the prospect capital and the financial flexibility they have to do other things and, and, and be back in the, in the free agent market next year, right? If they strike out this year, like they'll yeah. have that. I just, I can't see them overpaying for that. I can't say I blame them. Jed Hoyer's, Jed Hoyer's, I'm sorry. Jed Hoyer's got multiple ways to improve this team. As you said, he's got the prospect capital and then he's got the cash, right? I agree with you 100% on the Soto thing. If if part of the Soto ask from the Padres was Kate Horton, no, deal off. It's only one year. And I know he's a, a great player and would give you one great year at Wrigley Field, but having him at Wrigley Field for one year doesn't mean you're going to get him to sign an extension any more than any other team. How do I know that? I'm seeing the same thing with Cody Bellinger. We had him for one year. It doesn't make him any more likely to come back to the Cubs than it would be any other team that we're hearing that he might be interested in. Scott Boras sat here on the mountaintop today with a, a sea of reporters out in front of him and on a riser in his white coat, and he made fishers of men and all that stuff. But like he, he wants the, the most money. I have no problem with the Cubs having to overpay for Shohei Otani. I have no problem with them having to overpay for Yamamoto, if that's what ends up happening. I do have a problem with them overpaying for Soto or Glass now or whoever that one-year rental might be via trade because you just spent I'm – not, I'm not saying don't trade the prospects. I want them to trade some of these prospects because I think it's one of the ways to improve the team. But you can't just go out and give away your top prospect, pitching prospect, maybe the best one you've had since Mark Pryor. You can't just give him away for one year of Juan Soto on a team that still would not be favored to win the World Series or even top five teams to be in the World Series. Because if you if you got Juan Soto, you still have a problem at first base. You still have a problem at third base. You'd still need two starting pitchers. Right. So I, I don't have a problem with the Soto thing. But with some of what the chat is saying, I don't disagree. It's time to put on the big boy pants with the pocketbooks. Right. Well, Bugs Bunny 841 in the chat says, if Chicago media is happy with the org acting like a mid-market team, then no wonder no. this org consistently acts like one. No, 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 saying no one has said that here. Not, not one of us have said that we're okay with the fact that they aren't spending the money. We're just saying from a realistic standpoint, like, do you want to give up six players for Juan Soto for one year Juan Soto and that and if, if you compared it to what the Cubs would have had to give up you'd have to give away your top pitching prospect that is not one uh or well it's he's one of the top two three yeah. pitching prospects in baseball for again for one year Juan Soto no like again I'm not I'm not upset with Jed on terms of not getting Juan Soto and not, and it looks like maybe not getting Otani. We don't know what's going on with the Otani thing. It seems like they're out of it, but we don't really know. I, I don't, I just want to put that out there that we're not like okay with it. Like, yes, we would love to see them spend boatloads of cash and really give us something to really talk about. That would make the show so much better. Uh, but, um, from like just looking at it from the front front office perspective, like Ryan said, like I understand yeah. that. No, 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 yeah. My and what I wanted to really touch on though, with what I was saying is the reason that I'm a little, I guess not even a little, I'm I'm annoyed is just the fact that at least in this moment of it just feels like we're going to be relying on some guys to be major contributors. Who were prospect prospects like P. Carl Armstrong, Cade Horton eventually, uh, Alexander Canario, 
um, you know, whoever else I'm missing, you know what I mean? Oh, Matt Shaw. Like, I don't know if he's development of morale, right? The, the development there, there's going to be it, right now in this moment. And I, and I hope I'm wrong. I like genuinely hope I'm wrong right now. It feels like there's going to be a lot of, you know, homegrown guys coming up next year that the Cubs are hoping that they can be a major contributor to the team. And if it works out, I will give all the credit to the front office. If that is the route that they go. Right. But that is a, that's a tall task. And when you're a mark, when you're the Chicago Cubs and you play in the market, like the Cubs do in, in all these things that we've talked about and that I've mentioned for, for the last two years of doing this podcast about how it's, they have one of the most expensive baseball experiences in the league. They just, you know, the one, you know, it's, the tickets aren't exactly the cheapest game to go to because it's Wrigley Field. Like they're again, that's where I resonate the most with the fans and they're and how much they're, you know, upset with the fact that they don't that that they're not getting these major free agents. Yeah. So well, it right now I'm I'm again, I'm holding out hope. I really am, but it just doesn't feel great right now. We don't even know that they've missed out on these guys yet. Yeah, the that, only that's, guy that's we, my point. The only guy that we know for a fact that the Chicago Cubs have missed out on is Soto. And that was via trade. We don't know that they haven't spent on any of these guys, even if their offer isn't the highest one, or even if their offer was the highest one for Otani. And he says, no, at that point, there's nothing they can do about it. If they, I don't believe they've made the biggest offer, but I'm just saying like, we, we have no reason to sit here. So take a deep breath, right? Everybody take a deep breath and, and realize the only player they haven't gotten right now is Juan Soto because the price was too high in prospects going back. Okay. I'm okay with that. We still don't know a hundred percent what the Otani situation is. It's fluid. John Morosi, the last tweet he said, said <clears throat> it was next week, likely that you'd be getting an actual decision from Otani, whether that means the Cubs know or don't know. It doesn't matter at this point, even if Otani was out, that would be one player, a big one granted, that they would have missed out on where they could have just thrown down more cash than somebody else. There's still Yamamoto. There's, there's still so many other options that they can add to this team and big name players and, and spend huge money that I can't call the Cubs quote unquote cheap this off season yet. It hasn't happened. We're sitting here on the tarmac at O'Hare waiting for Otani's plane to take off. And the rest of us can't take off until that giant 747 takes off into the sky because right now he's plugging up the airways. The runways are packed. Yeah. Everybody's waiting to take off. The Soto thing happened because it's a different value. The Yankees were never in on Otani, and so they could start their move and say, you know what, we're going to get Soto. Here's what we're offering. Nobody else is going to match this, and that deal looks like it's happened. Yeah, well, I, I think... You know, I think I just keep coming back to, and Cody, you pointed out with Dansby last year, like how quickly things changing at, like can change at this moment in time, right? Like mm -hmm. people, <laughs> two days ago, people actually felt good about the Cubs prospects, right? Like throughout, like, within two to three hours, the vibe between the Cubs and the Shohei Otani stuff changed. Within three hours, it went from up to completely down to back, kind of up, right? Like to some hope, right? Things at this moment in time when there's just rumors swirling around, it, it can change. So I, I just keep I keep coming back to like the until these guys are actually off the board, I don't 
I just don't get the the doom and gloom scenario people like it, it's it, if it happens it happens if yeah but like let it happen first I, I listen I understand it I and I was part of it I'm just saying let's all take a deep breath uh the great John Morosi is going to join the show and he is able to join the show but first I want to tell you about hero bread speaking listen up, John well, speaking of heroes, John Morosi has walked into the building, but Hero Bread's another story. Why did I start using Hero Bread? Because I was looking for something that was maybe just a few less carbs. I, I love the carb foods. I love my bread. I love my tortillas. I love all that stuff. Now I can get one with higher fiber, higher protein, and all that stuff. Lower carbs, but the best part, oh, it's still fluffy. It's still light. It's still bread. It tastes like real bread. In fact, it tastes better. It's it's the best bread I've had. And then you get the tortillas and you want to you take your uh, fajitas and kick them up a notch. This is the place to do it. Hero. Uh, discount code for that first purchase. CHGO is 10% off at hero.com. That's H-E-R-O dot C-O. Hero makes sliced bread, buns, tortillas, all available uh, right now, Hero Bread offering CHGO's family 10% off that first order. Just go to hero.co and use our code CHGO, that's hero.co, to save 10% today. Uh, it's also getting easier for businesses to switch to electric vehicles. That's something we can all get behind for the health of the planet and for the well being of all of us who share it, right, Cody? Oh, absolutely, Luke. The electric grid is evolving to meet your cleaner energy needs as we all move with confidence toward an electric tomorrow whether you have one delivery van or a whole fleet of shipping trucks com ed can help guide you to make the changes that make sense oh cody so what should business owners do here well obviously you and john and, and ryan you should all go to comed.com clean to learn more about the resources fleet rebates and infrastructure incentives available to help businesses go electric if you own a business don't wait start making your plan today to switch to electric vehicles good for business good for the planet good for all of us go to comed.com clean did you say comed.com clean cody yeah, go now and see how going electric connects us to be a better way of doing business and a future, a better future for generations to come. Oh, thank you so much for clarifying that. Uh, Comed and Hero Bread. Comed and Hero Bread. Um, yeah, so we, we started the show by saying, listen, John Morosi's going to join, but he's breaking Soto news. So, like, this guy's he's literally he, over here tweeting. He's the newsmaker. He's trying to eat. He's trying to help us out. He's trying to save the world. He's helping with electric cars some places. He does Amen. Amen, right? There you go. I, my, uh, if I could do that and help to find a more sustainable way to be baseball fans, yeah. I would be hopefully delivering a bit on what I actually, what I actually did study in college, which was environmental science and public really? policy yes and, and i so i i've got this amazing wonderful education and then i said you know what mom and dad uh what i really want to do is write about baseball and they said okay son go for it so i i, I do thank them for not for not judging my my career choice and and questioning it too much saying john why why'd you do that after you majored in environmental science public yeah. policy because it's a pretty big job you know trying to save the world and everything but um but i said you know what i, I think going to places like wrigley field and and comerica park are are where i want to go so that's where i what i ended up doing well thank you to to your parents for allowing us now to have there you, you as the exactly. newsbreaker credit now, to them we don't need you to save the world john we need you to save the chicago cubs please. all right okay we need to make some news here I'm... we came to nashville we all wanted big stories and we're sitting here just twiddling our thumbs waiting right. 
are the Cubs a hundred percent out on Otani? Where, where is Otani at? Like I know the last time I saw you tweet, you said probably next week. Is there zero chance? Are you telling me there's no chance? Or can I at least get a little dumb and dumber? So you're saying there's a well, chance? I'm saying there's a chance. Okay, All right. I'm saying, I'm okay. Chance. Okay. Just because, when I was out on yeah, back because because there's <laughs> to me until we hear a a formal declaration of where he's going, I, I think the Cubs remain as part of that final group. I don't think they're the favorites. Mm-hmm. I would say the Dodgers and Blue Jays, just my sense of it right now, are, are the two favorites at the moment. But the Cubs have been involved, and I think we have to consider them to be involved unless and until either he signs somewhere else or the Cubs make a clear move like Yamamoto would be that move right. that says we have done this instead of signing Otani. And so, um, again, I think the odds are still against them. I, I do not expect, if you were to ask me right now, I do not expect that he's going to be a Cub, but we also can't fully rule it out at this juncture either. It just seems like, it, obviously they have two paths, but it doesn't seem like they would make the big push for, not that they haven't gone into it, but Yamamoto or any any of these other paths because those t- those sides of it, Yamamoto's camp, uh, whoever it might be, Hoskins, Bellinger, right. They have no reason to to not wait for Otani to make his decision because teams may panic after Otani comes off the board. Right, and I think that the Cubs have had to lay the groundwork. They've been involved in the Yamamoto sweepstakes as well. We know that they still have interest in Bellinger. Uh, I reported this week about their interest in Reese Hoskins. They're involved in Glass now, so there there are a lot of things they're working on, and I suppose it's possible they could both sign Otani or Yamamoto and also trade for glass. Now that'd be a lot, but they could do it. The Cubs are an appealing team right now. I I like their roster. I I like what their potential is. Craig council joined the team. Certainly the contract was part of it and the geography was part of it, but he wouldn't have taken this job and left all that he knows for a rebuilding project. This team is poised to be a lot better than they were in 23 and they were pretty compelling compelling i thought it in 2023 so um there's a lot to like and very importantly they have a farm system that can sustain them and when you are able to make trades by moving players it it just allows you to balance your risk when you don't have a farm system and you have to spend and spend Mm. and spend all the time it, it just it sets you up for an inevitable tumble at the end Whereas what the Cubs have built right now, I look at as being rather sustainable. They, they've got players they like. There is youth that's about to impact their roster. I'm a big fan of Owen Casey. I think Casey could, if he's not traded, make an impact on this team. And, and he's not alone. There's a number of guys. Horton is certainly one of them. So I, I like I like what they've built. And, and even though it doesn't feel like there's been a lot of action this week, the Cubs have, I believe, a fairly sound strategy of the order's and what they're going to do if Otani and if Yamamoto go somewhere else. Yeah, having talked to Jed earlier today, and, and I, mean, I kind of asked him, I didn't really do anything. The, the meetings have been slow, but have you, do you feel like you've made real progress since you've been here? And he, you know, he said he, he, he has, and talking to teams, having conversations and stuff. So I think I agree with that, that even though action hasn't happened, that doesn't mean it can't happen soon or you know eventually. Um, but one you mentioned trades and you mentioned Glasnow uh, from the Rays and and that's something we've talked about. We 
love the fit. I mean, there's injury history there, uh, but the fit makes sense from what he can bring when he is healthy and what he has brought when he's been healthy. Uh, so just my question is the, how real are the conversations? How real is the interest on either side? And, and what, I mean, what are the chances that a deal like that can actually happen? I think the Cubs are among the most serious suitors for him based on what I've been able to, to gather here. And, and that glass now, one of the reasons why they're so involved is twofold. Number one, they have the kind of prospects that the Rays want. Mm-hmm. And also glass now is the profile of the kind of a pitcher that they don't have a lot of. They have a more of a contact oriented staff and glass now misses bats. He's got, as one scout said to me, some of the best pure stuff in the planet. I mean, like on the planet, he's that good in terms of just the, the absolute pure pitch making. Now to your point, He's had some injuries and that's, that's a real thing. I mean, it's, it's not as though you're able to count on him being that for 200 innings. That's like peak Jake Arrieta Cy Young award stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, and I think it's not quite that level of durability, but the, the actual, when he's out there, he is that dominant. So there's a lot of excitement about him. Uh, and I think the other thing too, that, that I'm really curious to see with him and, and I do believe he'll get traded just because that's how the Rays do business. And, and that's where he's at. <laughs> yeah. But I wonder how much, when when the Pirates made that trade with the Rays and, and Glass now went from Pittsburgh to Tampa, he just became a different pitcher. And they helped him with all the all the things the Rays do back of the house in terms of pitch design and, and analytics. I, I think that the Cubs have a lot of the same things. Most teams do now. I, I would just be curious to see. Who knows? Maybe he goes next level. Maybe pitching at Wrigley Field brings out the very best in him and he has all the analytics that the that the Cubs have access to as well. So I, I just think it's a really interesting question and and one that I, I expect that with counsel and, and the way that Craig talks about pitching, I mean, the, the Brewers were very cutting edge with what they've done too. So Craig's familiar with all of that. Um, I, I just think it's going to be a really good fit if Tyler comes to Chicago. Um, you know, we mentioned Bellinger a handful of times. I, I'm a believer who thinks that he isn't going to sign until sometime in January. Um Right now, you know, I've, I've read rumors about him, you know, asking for $300 million and just seems that seems way more than I ever expected. I, I hell, I thought 200 million was, you know, almost a little too much. So I'm curious on what your thoughts on when you think he could sign with the Cubs or any team, honestly. Honestly, I think it's a great insight on your part to, to talk about how long it might take him to sign. That may, that means a lot that you just no, said. No, it's true, though. But <laughs> because, because I think Bellinger, I, I look at December and say, this month we're going to get an answer on Otani and we're going to get an answer on Yamamoto. I, I would be stunned if we didn't have both of those decisions by Christmas. And again, I've reported I think Otani is going to be by the end of the week. Um, as in the weekend into you know Sunday, basically. Um, and so those decisions are coming. Yamamoto is going to meet with teams next week. We know the Yankees, the, the Mets are heavily involved. The Red Sox really want him. So I think that market's going to mature and we're going to find out by the end of the year on Yamamoto. Bellinger, to your point, I, I don't know how many teams are going to be comfortable going to a $200 million contract on him. I realize this platform year is excellent, but if you look around the industry, the team, the team will, you know, Scott Boris will say, based on this year, we believe this is now going to be the norm. And the team might say, well, let's, let's average the last two years together and compare those, those two years to the last two years of JD Martinez, uh, Lourdes Gurriel Jr., whatever it might be. If you plot them all out and say that not just the, the 
platform year, but the last two years, what can you expect? Well, it's a very different conversation. I, I don't know. I, it, clearly, he was immensely valuable to the Cubs, and this is why free agency is so hard. Yeah. Is because <laughs> and, and why and again why the modern why the modern free agency is especially challenging because of all these opt outs and different elements that really assign a lot of the risk to the teams and very little to the players. That's why the the notion of an Otani short term deal made no sense to me because if he wants an opt out, he'll get it. Yeah. If, if so, you mean to tell me that if you get to the final stage and you've already agreed on money with the Dodgers and they say, wait a minute, I want to opt out after two or three years that they're just not going to give it to him. I mean, that's, that's kind of where we've gotten to and, and players who aren't Otani are getting the opt outs. And that's why I think, so for Bellinger, it's a really great question. I, something tells me that, that his eventual number, if I had to, to approximate it here, will, will likely be under 200 million. I just, I, I just don't know if teams believe enough in him to go to that number. And the other piece of this that we don't know is as we get into the new year, people will pay for the elite, elite talent. Well, what we don't know is the impact of what sort of is the the big question on the, the television media revenue side for a lot of teams. At what point in time does that impact a lot of the, the higher end spending? And that's, we just don't know. I don't know. No one really knows. And, and I think all we can acknowledge is that it's a period of uncertainty and that that could potentially impact players who aren't Otani and Yamamoto. Basically, they're almost in categories unto themselves. The rest of the market, though, I think is a little bit more susceptible to what could be some pretty turbulent fluctuations in the way that we look at just the market and the business of the sport. It's just, it's a, it's an uncertain time. We don't know. And I think when, when owners and GMs don't know things, they tend to, to not be in love with spending. And I think that's, you'd have to find a very motivated owner and maybe that owner. And I think it's to, to your question, the giants are a team I'm watching carefully because they clearly want to spend, they wanted to spend on judge. They wanted to spend on Correa. They wanted to make other, other investments and just couldn't. And so now they've got all this money allocated. And if they don't get Otani, if they don't get Yamamoto, then they could certainly get Bellinger and probably pay him. You know, they might be the one team that can get him to that $200 million level because they've got it in their budget. They actually have more than that in their budget based on what they've been so, trying to do. Yeah. Sure. Bellinger's fascinating, though, because he's so great defensively on top of being the power left-handed bat mm-hmm. that you could need. And the, we know that the Cubs haven't figured out third base and they haven't figured out first base. Their best prospect is a center fielder. And so I sit and wonder and think, are they going to have to guarantee, would the Cubs have to say something about center field to Bellinger, even if the best spot for him on the Cubs roster might be first base mm-hmm. moving forward for the future? It, it's There's so many things that we have to think about, like what does a player really want, right? And how much of that slows down this process? I mean, obviously, Otani has slowed it down, but how much of it is little things that a player might want outside of the bag of $200 million? Sure. No, you're right on. And I think that there's a lot of that conversation happening now with Otani and, and what what his desires are. Yamamoto, similar, uh, in terms of just what, what he's after, what matters to him. With Bellinger, I do think this. If you sign a contract of this value and magnitude and this is where i look at mookie Betts and why i have such respect for him he's all he signs this massive deal and he's done a lot in his career and he's always been asking what's best for the team he'll play right field 
He'll play second. He'll play short if they needed him to. He could play anywhere. And and he's always had that as his work ethic and attitude. And when these contracts are signed, you almost never get a dollar-for-dollar dollar return on them. You have to think about it as I'm I'm bringing in someone and it there are character components. There is leadership involved. We talk a lot about Jason Hayward. We, we know the story well of the speech and the Cubs in 2016. Obviously, the performance wasn't what the Cubs expected, but the important thing was the person helped to set a culture. And when you bring in someone in that, in that caliber of a contract, you have to be sure about the person. I think for Cody, the best thing he could probably say to the Cubs or anybody else is, if they ask where do you want to play, he should say wherever we can, wherever I can play to help us win a world championship. Like, the, and and mm-hmm. not just say it, but mean it. Yeah, I want be, to, be, because players, to your point, players see through that. Players yeah. know the teammates, and and think about this: if you're a member of the Dodgers, and your best player, MVP Mookie Betts, is tell, is telling Dave Roberts, "I'll play anywhere that you want me to play," and if and if you're if you have an, an issue with your role, where you're batting, whatever it might be. And your best player is, is is conducting himself with that level of professionalism. You don't complain about anything because it would look totally foolish. And and that the point I think for the Cubs, they've got a good base of talent. What I want to know is sort of who is that guy going to be, and is it a homegrown player? Is it is it someone that comes in? It always helps to be an everyday player. But I just I wonder who will be the culture tone setter for this team. And it could be Bellinger. It could be Reese Hoskins. It could be some others that I think um, J.D. Martinez does that. Justin Turner does that. I mean, there's a lot of ways to, to build that culture. I think that these signings for the Cubs, it's not just about the players and the talent. It's got to be about the culture because they're so close to being a really good team again. Yeah, and I think they have some of those culture setters like Dansby Swanson's in yes. there, Nico Horner, you know, Kyle Hendricks is still around. Mm-hmm. I think they have some of those guys there. Um, but like you mentioned, Reese Hoskins and you know having missed the whole year has to prove he's healthy a lot of it in a lot of ways it reminds us of cody bellinger's situation Mm -hmm. last year and obviously scott boris the pillow contract didn't want to take a a longer term deal wanted the one year and and the ability to to opt out or or the mutual option and to go back into free agency to reset his value worked out perfectly for cody bellinger Mm -hmm. so i'm wondering again in the cubs angle like the cubs interest in reese hoskins and if that were to happen, what would you expect the the type of deal he signs to be? It's all very similar, uh, I think, to to what Bellinger had a year ago for di- for a different reason, an injury versus performance. But I, I think it's a great question because for me, if I were the Cubs and if I was if I wanted Hoskins, I would want the multi year deal. Mm-hmm. I, I I would trust that he's going to do it. He is a reliable player. He's got a good track record, impeccable reputation. He would blend really well, I think, to your point with Horner and Dansby. And I think that if you're able to, in in a certain way, obviously, if you get Otani, great. But if you don't, and if your offseason becomes Hoskins and maybe you bring back a Jamer Candelario to play third, whatever you end up doing, but there's a way to build this team out and balance it and sort of distribute your risk around more players, especially someone like Hoskins who's been around the playoffs. I, I Is it two years? 40 million is it three years 60 uh, something along those lines but i if i were the cubs i would really want to get a guarantee of a guarantee without an opt out of more than a year 
Because if you're going to spend that money, it's because you believe in him. Mm-hmm. It's I, I would I would not try to halfway this thing. Go into it and say, you know, I believe that you're going to be healthy. I'm going to pay you like I know you're going to be healthy. I've seen your track record. I know how hard you rehabbed. You almost basically got back. Had they made the World Series, he would have been an option. I I'm I'm a believer that he's going to be just fine, and I think he'd be a tremendous fit for the Cubs. Um. We've been sitting here for this long. We haven't brought up Christopher Morel yet, which is crazy to me. And <laughs> yeah. I, he's he's been all over the trade rumors with the Cubs. Is it like being a obviously major piece that they can move for someone? And so I'm, with Soto off the board now, um, I'm I'm curious your thoughts on Morel. Do you do you think now that Soto is off the board that the Cubs are probably going to roll into 2024 with him on the roster? I do, and, and because I think it'd have to be a pretty special trade offer to consider moving him. I, I think he's obviously athletic, exciting, he div- versatile defensively, a lot of things that teams value now. So I, I don't think you'd have to give him up to get glass now, especially not when your farm system is that good and that deep. Um, and I, I think the way that he could play multiple spots for you, I, I think is incredibly appealing. So and if he keeps growing at the at the rate that he has, I mean, he, he can he can give you the overall offensive production over a full 162 that kind of approximates what Bellinger gave you, probably. I mean, he's he's just so so darn fun to watch. Yeah, I, I just I yeah. he's I love watching him play. So um and again, I think he he blends really well. And that's where like I, I like this mix of players. Morell brings this excitement. Swanson has this consistency about him as does Horner they love to play defense together that's fun um I just think that this is a group that really has a lot of potential I, I'm I'm a believer in, in what they've built and I think they've got the right manager to maximize it uh Craig has always known how to 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 not wish for the personnel he doesn't have but to make the most of the personnel that he does have and I think it certainly you know, David Ross is very similar in, in temperament and in a lot of the things he does Craig just has this track record of, of having done it before and, and having won with with talent that wasn't necessarily on the level of everybody else's so i i think craig was the right hire and 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 this roster with morell still in place and i would i really believe he's they're going to keep him I, I just i don't i don't see a trade that makes them that much better to where you would part with him right now and they're in a division that seems open at the moment for them to kind of take control of potentially if they make right. the right moves here moving forward. Uh, one more quick question with John Rose before we let him go. Very gracious with your time. Putting you to the fire here. Otani, Hoskins, Yamamoto, Glass now. Who's the most likely guy of that group to end up being a Cub? Glass now. Glass now. Because I, I, I think that the Cubs right now are in a group of three to four teams who have a clear need at that spot of their rotation and have six of the top 100 prospects in the industry, they've got all the equipment they need to make that trade. I mean, there's probably a trade that we would all look at and say that's a reasonable trade that they could make today. Now, will they will they win the bidding? Hard to say. But I, I just think that of that list, uh, of that list, Glass now is the most likely, followed by Hoskins probably the second most likely, and then Yamamoto and Otani, the competition is just so tough. And that's why I... We'll know a lot about how the Cubs feel about Otani and Yamamoto if we see them really making a play and and getting serious on Glass now, Hoskins, 
potentially J.D. Martinez or Turner in free agency. If, if we just start to see moves that indicate, okay, we're we're moving on, uh, then I think we'll we'll get a pretty clear idea that more than likely Otani's not going to be a Cub. John Morosi, MLB Network, the best in the business. I always say, I don't know if I believe everything I see on the internet, but I always believe John Morosi of MLB <laughs> Network. <laughs> Thank you so are. much. Thanks. Thanks. I, I appreciate all the best. Appreciate Thanks, your John. time and uh, good luck the rest of the offseason. Thanks. Happy holidays, guys. Thank you so much. You too. Thanks, John. Thanks, John. Uh, guys, I want to tell you about uh, Empire today because the only thing better than having John Morosi stop by your set live to do some of your show with you is to have new flooring in your house at the same time. You get to shop with the at-home convenience and the right products for your needs, quick and professional installation, and a low-price guarantee. Empire is the best place to get your new flooring, so, of course, they have lots of copycats. They just can't live up to it. You might go to that <clears throat> excuse me, big-box operation, and you might be looking for new uh, vinyl flooring. The problem is that guy, the day before, that guy or girl might have been trying to sell toilets or cutting lumber the day before in the same store. They might have been out cutting the Christmas trees out in the parking lot. Now they're trying to sell you flooring. Empire, all they do is flooring. They've got the virtual floor designer, so you can just take a snap of picture, instantly see how those new floors look in your room. And they pride themselves on their convenient shop-at-home service, and they service their own warranties as well. You don't have to worry about the manufacturer's phone number. They do it for you. Schedule a free in-home estimate today. All listeners can receive a $350 off discount when they use the promo code CHGO. Restrictions apply. See empiretoday.com slash CHGO for details. And while you're at it, make sure you get fitted up with FOCO, the best sports gear around. Hoodies, shoes, signs, bobbleheads, everything in between. It's uh, coming up to the you know, middle of the winter, you still want to get some of those hoodies for the winter, stay warm through the snow, but then get ready for a vacation with that Aloha shirt and the straw hat and the polo and the bag and all of it. A lot of our set decorations back in Chicago as we go home uh, the rest of the week, you're going to see them. They're from FOCO. They're the best bobbleheads out there. Check out FOCO.com. Click the link in description below for all non-presale items. Use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. Uh. <laughs> Gal Galvin 316 says from John Morosi to carpeting. What a day. Yeah, I, I like <laughs> the, the, the ranking. Was it the ranking? It was flooring. Morosi. <laughs> JP Morosi stopped by to do not only the Sox podcast, but the Cubs yeah. podcast. We ought to we ought to send him some free carpet. We should. Yeah. I don't yeah, know if that's in our budget. Off. We can take it out of Stevens' pay. Yeah, absolutely. We, 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 right. can, uh, we can get him $350 off. Do you want me to apologize to it's, Stephen now? Yeah, no, it's yes. yes. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's a backhanded one, but still. <laughs> On yesterday's show, we said Stephen almost killed a woman in the parking lot of Chick-fil-A. <laughs> because when he backed up, the whole vehicle shook. <laughs> What's going on? I said, I think you ran somebody over. So then yesterday, he was too tired to drive this vehicle, which had owned him the night before. True? Yeah, it got me a little bit. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah it owned I, I, He it. couldn't it's handle it. something we'll talk about for years to come. <clears throat> too much vehicle. So I took the keys. And go to back up. The whole car shakes. Go to back up again. The whole car shakes. Something's wrong with this vehicle. I don't know what it is. You take your foot it's off the sensor. Brake. So It's the sensor. So apologies to Steven for the backup part. That said, I gave us the smoothest ride back to our Airbnb than anybody's ever seen. I'll give you credit. It was, it was like really being on a Lear. Ride. It was like we were on a Learjet. Big of all of us to somehow, some way, give each other credit. Big of me to admit it. Yeah. Stephen was only half as bad a driver as I thought he was. <laughs> Apology half accepted. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just want to say uh, that 
Morosi, he he brought me back off the ledge a little bit. I didn't do that. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, wait a minute. He said something. Was it the was the effect of that's very brilliant insight? Did he say brilliant insight? We'll have to rewind that and play it next week. I mean, I might just watch well, that. Cody will be clipping it. It's going to be Cody's. It's going to be pinned on his <laughs> Twitter. Anything, no question not, about if it. If anything, it'll be part of my new Twitter bio. Cody oh, yeah. Morosi once said that I had great insight. Cody's right? going <laughs> Cody's to miss our... you doing a beer bat chug <laughs> after a game. Cody's going to miss our flight home tomorrow because he's going to be up all night no, watching that like five seconds Rewind. of the show. Rewind. Like thousands Rewind. Of Rewind. Rewind. I know what clip request I'm getting tonight. Absolutely. <laughs> wow. Absolutely. But in, in real though, he, you know, he did, you know, make me feel better about a lot of stuff. And, yeah, you know, not necessarily the Otani stuff, but you know, I was, I'm, all, I'm literally like fingertips falling off. You know, we we need a miracle. We need, we need, we're at a point where we need a hail mary when it comes to Otani. But as far as everyone else, I, you know, there's there's some optimism there, I guess. So he, he made you feel better about the Cubs and yourself. That, that what yeah. a magical moment! What a moment! Yeah, you don't you don't get all that in one day usually. You know, yeah, you're right. Uh, you want to tell us, Ryan, about what the Cubs' big uh, Rule 5 draft? I, I was sat here earlier on the Chicago Sports Podcast, and we watched thousands of people flocking into Delta Ballroom A here at the mm-hmm. convention center. Mm-hmm. I've never seen so many boring people walking into one room <laughs> at one time. It was just, it was a flock of just cookie-cutter boring mm-hmm. I almost joined him because I thought, well, that's me. But, and and then I we started had, walking that direction. What was wild about most of it was that there were like four or five different <laughs> Japanese like media. Oh, there were. That yeah. was just like recording said boring people walking into yeah. the. In, into no the, joke. Bob Nightingale has had no less than like five TV crews following him yeah. while we're here because he <laughs> tweeted something about and it was just like. Yeah. I don't know if you guys realize we were on the <laughs> Japanese TV, too. Where were we? Yeah, that was a camera was pointed at us for a while. Oh yeah, you're right, you're right. Yeah, right. It's us. You know what we should have we should have brought up to uh, John Palmarosi when he was sitting right here that we're actually colleagues because Cody and I were on MLB Network earlier today. We were on it for like for literally a half second, but Mm. you guys messed it up. Um, you mentioned Rule Five Draft. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's what we're talking about. Whatever. We got way way off track. Um, so the Cubs took. 25-year-old second baseman Hayden Cantrell um, in the minor league phase of the Rule 5 draft. Um, you know, is one of those guys, whether it's him or it's some of the guys they lost in the minor league phase of the Rule 5 draft, they're not, you know, like known names. And the Rule 5 mm-hmm. draft is there to give opportunities to, whether it's the major league portion or the minor league portion, it's there to give opportunities to young players that have maybe just not gotten them or just been overlooked or whatever it is. So, um, we may never, honestly, we may never hear his name again. Like you don't know, um, but the Cubs did. Uh, he hit. He had a 109 WRC plus at Double A last year. Um, hit slash line of 215, 390, 305. Um, again, I, I won't pretend to be an expert on on Hayden Cantrell. I would love to take a kind of closer look at what they got with him, but I know Cody really likes him for one specific reason. 
Oh, he's a very, very adorable dog. That was, you know, that's what I was interested. I was like, all right, like everyone, everyone was tweeting out the stats. Like our guys at Bleacher Nation, and we've had Evan Altman on the show tweeting out the stats and all this. I'm and I'm like, all right, what does this guy do? Like, what is he? And his entire Instagram is him playing baseball and him hanging out with his dog. All right, it is a very, very immaculate golden doodle. Um, God bless. I, I couldn't find the name of the dog, but that's the that's the real news. Yeller, I believe it was that's, Yeller. That's the that's the real news. If you didn't know, he has a great dog. Cubs got yeah. a dog with a dog. Yeah, so they, they didn't they didn't lose um lose or gain anyone in the major league portion, so that doesn't affect obviously the major league roster. Um and yeah, like um you know they lost a few guys: Adam Lasky, Sheldon Reed, Andy Weber, and Levi Jordan. Um, some minor leaguers from the from the farm system uh, to other teams, but. Again, it's in it, in a way it's great because it's just it's 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 a way to give these guys opportunities to move up systems that they haven't been getting in their current organizations for four or five years, depending on, on when the player was signed. But it is like a it is a thing where how many of these guys become, you know, household names or just names that really um contribute to the major league team. It doesn't happen often. Doesn't happen all the time, but it can happen. So, uh, you know, maybe keep an eye on him. The Cubs obviously saw something in him, and they, they picked him for a reason in this phase. And uh, you know, maybe see where his career takes him. My favorite part of the Adam Lasky or Lasky, Sheldon Reed, Andy Weber, and Levi Jordan eras were the friends we made along the way. Credit to you. I just wanted to. I had to put it out there. <laughs> it's like I can't help myself. Right. I'll, I'll be honest. I hadn't heard of. You know, I'm. I'm not as big as gary ross when it comes to prospects or greg huss but like i didn't know any of those, i didn't know any of those names <laughs> i don't know any it, of them actually, actually levi jordan i think i've heard of him we legitimately should, gary sweating that jake slaughter might get uh i'm sure taken. we should sure have started we should have started the morosi interview with do you think jake <laughs> slaughter uh potentially could be the star the cubs are looking for <laughs> that should have been the start of the whole thing <laughs> <laughs> just to see if there was a look of panic. He knows every, he knows, he knows every player, but it, that might have put a little twinkle of panic into John Morosi's eye. Like, he you talking about the wrestler Slaughter, Sergeant Slaughter? And then he would turn around, and be like, "Who, who, who are these people?" They would literally probably be like, "Uh," and they were like, "Ah, oh, just kidding, just kidding." Oh man, that's, oh, that's man. good. He that knows us. Up. We uh, we talked before the show. I, I lived. How about that story? That you lived in the same I worked in, as I him? worked in the town my first job was in the town that he was born in in Michigan upper peninsula 4000 people he lived in he's telling me about how he lived in the apartment apartment complex first couple years of his life and I said oh yeah I used to live at the end of Teal Lake and he's like I lived in an apartment complex on Teal Lake and we realized same apartments what are the odds so, of that? Yeah, you, what are the odds of that? Probably at the same time, too, since you're probably so much older than uh, Well, I am I'm unquestionably older than John Morose. That is we wouldn't have been there at the same time. <laughs> wouldn't have been there at the same time. Right, right out of college and want a baby? Potentially. Yeah, he's probably he's I'd say John Morose is at least 10 years behind me. You are exactly on. I 10 just years? looked it up. Yeah, 10, 10 years. Ago. 10 years younger. There you go. See, I paved the way. John Rose paved the way. Paved the way. Actually, he, did. he was he was in he, <laughs> he was, was there first. He was paving the way <laughs> in Nagani, Michigan. There it is. Uh speaking of paving the way, how about Midtown Athletic Club, Ryan? You wanna you wanna get yourself into shape for the uh, holiday season? 
I've seen Ryan a couple times taking off the flannels just to make sure everybody can see the pythons. No, on this just, you know, like had every once in a while he stretches and off comes the flannel. He does a couple flexes mm -hmm. in the windows over there, and then he comes mm -hmm. back and he sits right. down. Absolutely. Um, and if you want to be also be able to do that, uh, no, I, I don't do that. Come on, I, I I have the merch. I have the merch on. I don't have it. I I take it off right now if you want me to. But I, the, I, I won't. Merch under here. I won't. Um, but what I will say is that midtown. See that like Superman lifting up his shirt. Can there you, you go. It? There you go. Yeah, like that. You got to do the. You go. See the little, yeah, right. little web right there. But what I will say, back to the topic, Midtown Athletic Club is amazing. Midtown's got four Chicago land locations. They got Palatine in the northwest suburbs, Bannockburn in the North Shore, Willowbrook in the southwest suburbs, and Midtown Athletic Club and Hotel in the middle of Bucktown and Lincoln Park. Cody and I were there. It was a blast, let me tell you. Um, actually, though, Midtown Palatine has launched a multi-million dollar transformation of the club, which will be complete in early 2024. Listeners can lock in favorable rates if they join before the end of the year. There's something at the club for everyone, whether you're single like me, whether you got a family and kids like Luke, uh, if you're someone looking to make lifestyle changes or holistic wellness, it, it's for everyone. It's for everyone. If you just want to play basketball every day, it's for you. Uh, Midtown Chicago is the nicest fitness club I've ever been to. Let me tell you about some of their features. Uh, they got super luxe luxury locker rooms with wet and dry saunas and premium amenities. It's got amazing outdoor and indoor pools and hot tubs a collection of boutique fitness studios with more than 100 classes per week included in the membership. And this isn't just gym quality. The spaces are boutique quality. And it's also got the best tennis courts and programming in the sport. So Mark Harmon, listen up. Midtown has indoor and outdoor tennis, pickleball and paddle tennis, USTA professional quality all the way. So head over to midtown.com slash CHGO to find out more and to tour the Midtown Athletic Club nearest you. We had a great time despite the inactivity of the Chicago Cubs here in Nashville. Uh, first of all, everybody did a great job, right? Everybody was still working hard, even though nothing was really actually happening. There were a lot of rumors. There was a lot of stuff to cover, but there were no big signings yet for the Chicago Cubs. But let's let's recap here. Who, who stopped by? Who have we talked to? We've had conversations with Craig Council. We've had conversations with Jed Hoyer. We've had conversations with Carter Hawkins. Uh, we've had conversations with Bob Nightingale. We've had conversations with John Morosi right here on this set. We've had conversations with Andre Dawson right here on this set. We had conversations with uh, Lance, Lance Brozdowski on the set. Paul Sullivan, Paul Sullivan right on this set. Unfortunately, our Paul Sullivan audio messed up so we can't share it with the people but but i'm going to tell you it's the best interview sully's ever done it's so good be. that we have to have him in yeah. studio we've has already discussed we got to get him back in studio <laughs> did we forget to say ben zobrist oh yeah and i was getting there friend. and okay. of course friend, friend of the, of the show, show yeah ben zobrist well I did, john morosi's now friend of the show because he did back-to-back -back chgo shows and zobrist has been on twice so they're like 1a 1b yeah yeah sure. and i'm not even saying who's 1a both Anyways, have given time. me compliments. It's very... Both have been very complimentary of Cody. Yeah. Very complimentary. We do have a credit to him chat, and humble we? of him for being so. We do have a super chat. We do. Who is it? Bragg's? Is it Braggs again? It's not Braggs this time. It's Chris <laughs> Bergero, $5. Something big oh. is going to happen. I can feel it. Plays yeah. Holding Out for a Hero by Bonnie Tyle. I don't know if I know that song. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that one either. Should I know Luke? that song? Luke? Luke, you're the old one. I don't who by who? Bonnie Tyle? I've never heard of Bonnie. Is it Bonnie Tyler? They forget the R in there? I have no idea. Potentially, I I know I Bon Jovi living on a prayer. Of course, I, that's I, the Otani theme song yeah. right now. Yeah. 
Is this going to get us in trouble with YouTube? Uh, it's going to get you in trouble with me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for checking out the CHGO Cubs podcast. Uh, make sure to uh, subscribe to us. Give us the thumbs up. All those fun things. One more thing. Oh, wait, uh, wait. Nightingale tweeted that the Soto deal is still not finalized with the Yankees, Cashman, and Aaron Boone leaving the winter meetings. Well, let's see how that it's done. again. Yeah, you know, we'll see. That part's over. Know. That ship has sailed. I'm just saying, <laughs> like ours. Right, if that you're ship saying has there's sailed. a chance, <laughs> we're we're also sailing. Thanks for checking out the CHGO Cubs podcast. Uh, Brendan and Corey have another podcast. Ryan and I, uh, you're going to come for the one on uh, Thursday. Yeah, you might be there. Might be I there. think you might be there. And then Brendan and Corey on Friday. Until then, thanks for watching and fly the W. Mm-hmm. We all silly like the mayor. 